with one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. fans of all ages welcome to section 336 next generation of baltimore sports talk i am your endearing center host matt Soroka. as always i'm joined by the button lover by a guy who said we can't record again until matt harvey gives up a run the button lover josh Roca. yeah, yeah well, I'm, you're lucky we did that pre-show where you jinxed matt harvey pre-show so we don't need to bash you for it but uh i'll just get it out from the top uh I still do not have a PlayStation. Oh. So we'll do it right here at the top. Breaking news. Okay, I okay. still do not have a PlayStation. Uh, he says it's coming tonight. But as we've proven on the text messages, that doesn't mean I'm getting a PlayStation. Yeah. But now, you're still given a specific time tonight. Okay. Yes. Yes. I was okay. getting a time tonight. Um, I was also, I mean, yeah. Is it I was, now? I was also given this morning and this afternoon. And <laughs> so, but yeah, I was given tonight. Is so it? I, is at, at at this point, Josh, is it uh is it still in the brother in law's possession? Is it in his possession? Whose trunk <laughs> is it in at this point? Uh I just I don't know. I just looked up at the corner and we do have a bunch of viewers right now, so uh kinda weird time to hop on and make the comment right when the guy probably gets a notification that three thirty six is live. I should have saved this for the end of the you, show. You usually say this for the end of the show. Uh, uh, so but yeah. I was smart. Okay. For the show, I texted him. 10 minutes ago and said about to start 3:36 are we meeting up afterwards and the response is i hope so if not there's going to be a bigger issue than you burning me on the podcast so well, that, well, that's ominous well he said then he says with me and my brother-in-law right with the brother-in-law so, with the brother-in-law not yeah. with me right right so, right i've pretty much told this guy hey your brother-in-law st- your brother-in-law stole them or he flipped them, or he sold them, or something. I said these things do not exist. Is my opinion. Yeah. Well, my opinion is I got is you screwed me. Your brother-in-law screwed you. Everybody screwed. Yeah. If you have no idea what we're talking about now, you need to be a better coconut and go back and listen to our past yeah. episodes. But, but I did. But get, Josh, um, if you need to pause the episode at any point because the door the doorbell rings. Oh you, yeah. You do if, what you got to do. If he sends me a text, 
uh, we will pause the episode so that I can present the PlayStation Mid Show. Yeah. Um, I, I don't hold your breath, boys and girls. You know, I did get I did get something though this week. Okay. I had someone uh, drive all the way down from the Baltimore area and okay. hand deliver me a Jim Palmer bobblehead. Oh, nice. So, uh, friend and three three sixer Bev dr- yeah. came down here and brought down a Jim Palmer bobblehead for me. Yeah, very so cool. Of add Bev. it to my excitement. Haven't opened it up yet. Still in the box, but it Bev will had be no going. reason to come all the way from Maryland to Florida just to deliver you that bobblehead. I know. I told her that UPS worked fine at the post yeah. office, and she said uh, cakes was too valuable. Oh, so, um, just a nice, nice delivery. So, yeah. uh, but either way, I was cool to get that, and it's going to go on my shelf with all the other bobbleheads. That's cool. I don't know if I told you about my uh, Grayson Rodriguez bobblehead I got at Delmarva. Del uh, you got, you got. Two of them, one yeah. for you and one for me. I got two vouchers. And, and where are those slips of paper? Um, this might turn into like the PlayStation updates because right now I still just have vouchers. Right. The bobbleheads right. were lost in shipping or something. But have they said, "Hey, we've got the we've got the bobbleheads yet"? I don't know. I don't. I guess I can look on their website. I really don't know how to find out. I, I guess I can search around their website. They'll make an announcement about it. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I assume they will make an announcement or. I don't know. I assume those vouchers expire at some point. I don't think you can go in three years. Hey, I need my Grayson Rodriguez bobblehead. Yeah. Well, I'm planning on going back when they do the Adley Rutschman bobblehead giveaway. So uh, I was, that. All right. So this weekend, the Orioles let some guys go off their trip away. Or like oh, Monday yeah. Or we did a couple of weeks ago. We did our special. Dan <laughs> a couple Duquette. weeks ago. We did it. We did it on Friday. The Dan Duquette. Um, it came out last week. Okay. Last week we did the Dan yeah. Duquette trade recap. Yeah, I think Thursday it came out. And two of the guys we talked about were then yeah. released, Cody, yes. Cody Carroll and Evan Phillips. Yeah. So yeah. Now, add that was, to that trade talk. I was hoping that that's because they were going to move uh, move some guys up to Norfolk. And I was excited because I'm waiting for Adley to go to Norfolk, and Norfolk's in Jacksonville this week. Yep. So I was all I wanted was for Adley to come up this week, and I was going to go to the Norfolk game. Well, the Norfolk game was canceled again. What, are you guys getting rain down there or something? Oh, yeah, it's raining. I was supposed to have softball tonight. We weren't going to record until tomorrow. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, whatever. It's been pouring. It rained all day yesterday and rained all day today. So. Yeah. But well, we got a lot to get to today. Uh, we we got to kind of recap the trade deadline. Uh, wait, but the Orioles didn't do anything. What are we going to recap? Well, that's what we got to talk about, Josh. Yeah, yeah. What um, that means. They did a couple small moves. Um but real quick, before we get there, it's fun. I'm watching the game right now, and it's uh, uh, Richie Martin just made a nice play at short. Um, it's pretty cool to see oh, Richie Martin back in the majors, right? Yeah, just as you say that, I'm like, oh, man, I don't have my shake your bonbon button anymore. Yeah. I got to add that. Now that Ricky's up, I got to add that back in. Yeah. Well, he's living La Vida Loca up there in the majors. And he, he, uh, it's fun. This is my ideal infield for right now is your rise at, at second. And um, – Richie Martin at shortstop. Yeah. I want to see this the rest of the season. Just Me let's too. see this how this play out. You know, you know, I'm a Richie fan. Yeah, I don't know if Richie's the uh, future shortstop in the majors or not, uh, but I, I well, want to see him for the rest of the season. I don't know. Do you want Urias at second, or would you rather see Jemiah Jones? Yeah, well, that's the whole thing too, right? And people are upset because Richie Martin has been out the entire year. Does a week of well, rehab in a buoy yeah, and gets called to the majors. Meanwhile, this dude Jemiah Jones have been just you know grinding there at AAA the entire year and can't get the call up. It's kind of yeah, weird. Yeah. Um, 
but but yeah, but I mean, Jemai Jones has he has not been playing well recently. He struggled a little bit more at the bat, um, and so clearly, just like I mean, we'll talk later in the show about Adley Rutschman not being caught up yet because I got some um, Michael Elias quotes to talk about. Um, so we'll get to that later. But clearly, with Jemai Jones, they feel the powers that be who know a lot more than we do feel yeah. that he not quite he's ready. not ready. Right. Right. Which I would take in oh, a weird way it, as a compliment, know. Josh, because they could have brought him up here like Valeka and Labia and just kind of play him when you can. But clearly, it seems to me that they see him as an everyday player. And so they're working. They're, they're, they just don't want to throw, throw him up here for a cup of coffee and to play every now and then. They want him to be, I think, ready to go when he gets here. Exactly. And that's how I see it. Is it's It's... They don't need him to come up and prove himself. They're just kind of penciling him in for the future and working on getting him ready for the future. And I think, I don't know. I think that means maybe they want to see a little bit more from uh, Richie Martin. Well, yeah, that's the weird thing because I think Urias, his arm and stuff plays better at second base. Um, and clearly they think so too because when Richie Martin came back, they could have put Richie Martin at second, but they chose to put him at short and Urias at second. So who do you, so who do you like at short? Well, who do I like at second is Urias. Yeah, but who do you like at short? I don't, uh, Carlos Correa. Oh, oh, not Richie Martin? No, I, no, I, I think, I, I mean, maybe for next year he'd be fine at short. Oh, you just want me to say his name. Yeah, I was just waiting for to cue the music. But I think that's a good competition at second, Jemai Jones and Ramon Urias. I, I would like to see that competition at second, but yeah. Um, Jemaine Jones, I'm just, I'm not even like, I'm done talking about Jemaine Jones. Um, I, as far as I'm concerned, like he's just going to be triple a forever. And if he ever is caught up, it will be a nice surprise to me. Do you think he gets the call up in September or do you think Judge, I thought he got, would get the call up in, in, in July. Um, I, I thought he got the call up in June. Um, I so I do I think he's going to call up in September? Sure. Um, but he might not. <laughs> I mean, but now it's kind of like, all right, well, I don't know. Now it's more like, all right, he's not going to get the call up. We're just working on him for next year. Yeah, you even trade Freddie Galvis away, sir. All right, Freddie Galvis is gone. Now, uh-huh. now, now's the chance. But no, R- Richie Martin's back from the dead and is playing shortstop. Yeah. Though Richie Martin has a history of being injured all the time, so I give Richie Martin about a week before he goes on the IL again, and then maybe. But then I mean, Lebia might be called back up. Who knows? There's Steve Wilkerson might be called back up. I don't know. I don't know. I like. Well, and that's the other thing. I think Richie Martin. I don't know. He's probably the same as Jemiah Jones as far as flexibility. Like, I feel like Richie can play second short. He can be a pinch runner. He's got some speed. And maybe I'm just making all this up in my head. Yeah, but, but no, I think you're right. But the thing about Jemiah Jones is it's not like he's in limbo in AAA, right? Like, presumably, there's good coaches in AAA. He's getting better in AAA. He's playing every day. We're really? not competing for a playoff spot. Yeah. So it's fine, right? It's fine. Right. Um, it's kind of like we're okay like, with Ali Rutschman because we assume he's getting better than them. We're not, he's not just, you know, eating bonbons and playing MLB the show like I am this summer. I, I presume he's doing something productive. And so, yeah. It's yeah. Besides, the Orioles now, right now, are really just like quadruple A. <laughs> like, they're, they're not even a major league team yet. It's like more, it's just guys we're still working on developing. Right. Yeah. And they just happen to have to go and play the Yankees 100 times a year. Right. Yeah, and, and the AL East, where everyone's over 500. We have, what, 50, I think it's 50 games left in the season, and 30 of them are against the AL East, something like that. Yeah, it's not looking good for my 64-win number. 
No. Well, I don't know. They played well against the Tigers. They played well against the Yankees. Yep, this is a big game right here against the Yankees. Yeah, yeah they've got a chance to uh, take the series. Yeah, that was a really, really, really fun win on Monday where Jorge Lopez pitched. <laughs> yes. It's kind of bizarre. It was also like it's just a bizarre game. Yeah, it was one where, it, yeah, I think you texted me and said, this box score makes no sense. Well, well I chimed down. It was the fourth or fifth inning, and it was like when I turned on the game, and first I took the box score, and it was like Jorge Lopez was throwing a no-hitter, but it was it was they, they, it was like five yeah they they already scored a run like yeah, they, it was they run, had a run but no hit walks no hit uh, a, a walk yeah. yeah it was a weird it was a weird game but it made me like Lopez like I loved the emotion that Lopez was showing on the yeah mound. yeah he showed a lot of and emotion. he fired up and it, I was to explain to someone like what I look for with these guys when I'm looking for the future is I look for guys who are having fun playing the game. And that's why it excited me. Uh, what was it last weekend when they wore when they won wearing black on Friday? So then they wore it again on Saturday and they won, and they wore it again on Sunday and they won, and then they wore it again on Tuesday and they lost. But I like the fact that they kept wearing the same jerseys because it's the type of thing a little kid does. It's not something major league teams do. It's stuff that guys who are having fun playing the game do, and I like that. It's not yeah. it's not a business. It's guys having fun. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about Jorge Lopez. Sometimes oh, no. I just wish he would like – like it almost makes me mad that he because pitched so he, well on Monday because right. the next start out, he's going to give up seven runs in the fourth inning or whatever uh, because he's so freaking inconsistent. And so it's a little bit frustrating because this is who Jorge Lopez is. He'll look kind of like one of the best pitchers in baseball right. one one week and then his next start, like you're like, why is he still in the start of rotation? Except it's not one week, it's one batter. He'll look yeah. outstanding. Oh yeah, from inning, it will go from two. inning to inning. That's true. And then, yeah, and then he'll look, and it's what's fr- it's why you get frustrated at Lopez because he shows you he's got the stuff. Yeah, he just doesn't have the consistency. Yeah, um, which makes me wonder maybe he's better than a bullpen option, but right now we we need five starters. Right, um, right, and he just had a great start. So obviously he's way, gonna stay there. It's still good to see him have stuff. It's yeah. better than guys getting blown out. Um, Game two against the Yankees was just ugly, not even worth watching. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have Jorge Lopez go out there than Alexander Wells uh, right now. And and Alexander Um, Wells is just yet another reminder how this the young pitchers, Jorge Lopez is not a young pitcher, he's 28, but how the young pitchers, um, Kramer, Lothar, Wells, have just not had good years this year. It's been kind of frustrating from the young pitcher perspective. No. Um, We got to talk about Matt Harvey a little bit and how he's been outstanding. Do you think the Orioles made a mistake by pitching him on Friday instead of Thursday last week and trying to get one more start in before the trade deadline? Or do you think there was really no interest either way? And if he made that start, he gave up zero runs again. Right. Um, If he had the exact same performance as Friday, but he did it on Thursday, do you think some team takes a flyer on him? Yeah. I mean, I'm curious, right? I wonder if, if a flyer was offered... Like, if you offered what they offered for Freddie Galvis, if you are offered that for Matt Harvey, would <laughs> yeah. Elias pull that trigger? And Well, he did take cash for, uh, what's his name? Sean Armstrong. Sean yeah. Armstrong, cash. cash. Cash considerations. I don't even know right. if there's any cash yeah. exchange. Cash, Just cash He's going to consider taking cash for him. Yeah, it's the worst deal you can make at the trade deadline is cash considerations. Well, you could get Sean Armstrong on DFA at any point in the year either, so I really wasn't sure about right. that that move by yeah, the way. Because at weird. some point he was being DFA'd. Yeah. You just totally. have to wait for it. And I don't know. Or is it? Or is Matt Harvey 
do you seriously look at Matt Harvey and consider bringing him back next year? Yeah, I think depending on how he ends the year, I think you and, seriously do. I, well, I think it's twofold. Well, yeah, it's obvious how he pitches. But I think it's also, I wonder if they gave Matt Harvey a longer leash because the veteran presence. And I wonder what that veteran presence does in the locker room around these guys. But, and but if Josh, that helps at all. And maybe, I don't know. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure it doesn't hurt, but how much does it help? Because every young pitcher that's been here has struggled. So where's the evidence that it helps? But if you talk about, you know, Fangraphs has, has a thing called war, right? Yeah. Which adds all this stuff yeah. together. What's it good for? Um, exactly. Um, who, who has the highest war in the Orioles? Well, of course, Cedric Mullins. Okay. Yeah. Um, who has the second highest war in the Orioles? Um, uh, Trey Mancini. No, he's actually, um, oh, uh, Ryan Mountcastle. No, Ryan Mountcastle. I don't know. Is he right. 0.9? He's down the list. All right. So you're going with a pitcher then. It's a pitcher. Uh, Paul Fry. No, he's second in, in amongst pitchers at a 1.5 war. Uh, We're just talking about him. The answer is Matt no. Harvey. Matt, really? Even with the rough – well, I guess he started out really good, yeah. and then he had a rough patch, and now he's good again. He has a 1.6 war, which is the highest amongst all our pitchers and the second highest amongst our team. That's pretty exciting. So you're asking me, do I want well, to bring back our second best player this year? Right, so you're telling me the dark night rises. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, um, and and we'll see what he does the rest of the year, right? But I think also some of this was he he got a, an extended rest, right? Yes. And then he started to pitch better after the extended rest. You wonder how much of this is kind of uh, fatigue, um, and you well, wonder if he's going to hit a wall again. And so you know, there's a lot of stuff here. And who was it against? It was against the Tigers, and I don't remember who else he pitched against. But I was interested to see how he would do against the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees have been the toughest because team. That's he's, the toughest team he's faced, and he went four innings and three hits, two runs. Okay. So uh, one of those runs being a home run. Okay, I was half, I've was i been half watching. He's already been pulled. Yeah, he, he was pulled after the fourth. Okay. So, but, yeah, right now it's about as the, the, uh pitched the, uh, the fifth. Okay, gave up the third run. But yep. the other thing you notice about his, though, just the ball-to-strike ratio has been silly with Matt Harvey, who have yes. like 40 strikes and 10 balls. Like, it's a so, control. Silly, silly he, like that. Right, control, which a yeah. lot of our guys do not have. Yeah, because he's not striking guys out. He's not a, I'm going to overpower you and strike you out kind of guy. He's nope. a going to locate the pitches and get weak contact. And he's been doing that right. successfully. Which is what I was really impressed with uh, on Thursday night when we played the Tigers. That series started on a Thursday, I believe, because it was four games. And we faced their number one prospect. And that's where if you watch the game, the entire time the starting pitcher was in there, we only hit two balls out of the infield. Yeah. We made contact, but it was all infield grounders, yeah. which was really impressive and made me really jealous of, man, that guy. I'd love to have that guy in Camden Yards. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, so let's get to some of the trade talk, Josh, or some of the trade stuff, the moves that didn't <laughs> happen and the moves that did talk. happen. Um, all right. Ask considerations. All right. The other move that happened was, just to get it out there, was Freddie Galvis for Tyler Birch or Burke. Um, this is a reliever. Um, from the Philadelphia Phillies, he has good strikeout numbers. Um, he's in he's plays in single A right now. Um, he was, I think, in 2019 undrafted. 
um, a relieving arm. I don't know. Uh, your thoughts on the Fred, on Freddie Galvis being traded? Good for Freddie Galvis. Um, he was wasn't he still on the IR when he or the, when we traded him? He was doing his. I think just starting his he rehab was, assignment. Right, but yeah, like so he, still technically he hasn't on the IR. Back yet, so still on the IR. Um, back to the Phillies, which is where he played many years. So good for him to go there. Um, I think he what he's a guy that clearly is not part of the future. So any it was one of those things where if we can get anything for him, let's take a look. Yeah, he was part of that group of Harvey and Franco, um, and of course Galvis. These kind of one-year deals, and I guess he was the only guy of the one-year deals that you could actually trade. And and Galvis is just cool. And to hear his quotes where he said, "I came here with, I came here uh, with the Phillies when I was 16 years old. All I know is the Philly way." That's cool. Yeah. That's what I want as like an Orioles fan. Like I want someone to come back and be like, all I know is the Orioles way. I may have gone on some other teams, but I'm back home. That's cool. So I feel yeah. good for Galvis. Yeah. And it helps Elias, I think, in his decision-making to know that Urias has been playing really well at stop. Also yeah. know that Richie Martin was coming off the DL. Yeah. Plus um, uh, Jemai Jones. And Jemai Jones is hiding somewhere yeah. in AAA. Yeah. I'm sure the all that. Are, the fan base is obsessed. I'm sure Elias at some point said, well, if I trade away Trey Mancini and Cedric Mullins and the uh, fan base wants to attack me, all I got to do is bring up Jemiah Jones. And yeah, that's his, like his backup plan. Yeah. It's for like, whenever he does something right. dumb, I can always fall back right. on that. Yeah, it's like Biden does something dumb. Oh, you don't have to wear masks anymore. Yeah, that's so the same strategy. Thing. Same thing. Yeah. It's a nice distraction is when the Orioles do something dumb, Jemiah Jones will come up. Yeah. Um, so, but, but let's get to, I think what's the, the trade deadline story for the Orioles, at least. And we could talk about, I think it's interesting what happened with the Nationals and the Cubs, but for the Orioles, I think the story was what didn't happen. Yeah. Um, of course, Trey Mancini wasn't traded, but, but even these relief arms, which you thought have, oh, had I, a good chance of getting dealt. Yeah. Salser, Scott, Fry, Fry. Fry, none of them dealt. Well, and yeah, Mancini, Mullins, keeping those guys, um, even though that makes first base seemingly crowded with Mancini and Mountcastle. It, here, here is the quote about, before we talk about Mancini, here is yeah. the quote about Saucer, Scott, and Fry from uh, Mike Elias. All right. He said, quote, I, I, asking about if, you know, how close we, we came to dealing Saucer, Scott, or Fry. Yeah. He said, I'd say pretty close. There were a couple of close opportunities that either didn't go to the finish line or we decided not to pull the trigger on them. And that wasn't just today. It was over the last week or so. Right. And then he said later, he said, we hope that they keep getting better and they keep helping us. It was not a low bar for us to trade any of these guys. We certainly haven't been afraid to make these kinds of trades the last couple of years when we feel it's worthwhile. We had a standard and we just didn't see the correct opportunities there. What right. do you take away from that quote, Josh? I take away that quote of that we're going to trade them in the fall. Well, off season moves. Um, I don't. It's interesting because I, I'm, I've been thinking about this. It's been, uh, hasn't been a week yet, but it's been a few days. And like everyone, I've been thinking through this and what this means. Because everything Elias does, we try to read into it. And we try to read into it of what does this mean for the rebuild. And we talked about this before last week, that Elias didn't have a whole lot of trade chips. But we also know he's like, he wants to do something. So, I don't know, a hopeful part of me says that maybe Elias thinks he can win with the guys he has, so he's not too concerned, and maybe we are. this is 
the upswing of the rebuild basically now starting now we hit rock bottom now we're heading up that's yeah. the optimistic now that's what i'm going to lean towards that side because i generally always optimistic with the orioles but elias still has the offseason that he could shoot me down and get and trade everyone in the offseason yeah well yeah and the, the pessimistic, pessimistic side could be well, he has the rest of the year to kind of work with these pitchers and hopefully they get better and better and better, right. either better to help you win or better to be a trade ship. Right. Right. But I'm convinced Josh, after reading, we'll talk about some more Elias quotes, but I'm convinced that Elias is very much in the, I think this team might be good, but I'm in the wait and see mode. And so I think he's waiting. I think he's waiting to see, you know, how yeah. some of these young players step up and how they perform, waiting to see how good we are and next year, and that. then he can make some decisions. And I can understand that because all these guys show flashes. So I could see if it clicks, and if it clicks for the second half of this year, of saying, all right, well, what would this team look like if I brought up Adley? Yep. What will this what? team look like if I sign a veteran pitcher this offseason? Yeah, what what. I mean, I think a lot of the question marks are what started pitching, right? What if yeah. Michael Bauman, who was just promoted AAA, what if Michael Bauman pitches one great, AAA and becomes a good a first start? Yeah, good becomes a major, major starter. What if one of these other guys, whether it's a Kevin Smith or Cal yeah. Bradish, can become really good? What if DL Hall is healthy or what if he's not healthy, right? And what if this doesn't work out with these, these young pitchers? Then all of a sudden, we're not ready to win in 2023 right. and they become trade chips again. Right. So I very much think Elias is kind of wait and see mode. But I think he's looking and seeing, well, Grayson Rodriguez, D.L. Hall, they're not next year, but they're probably 2023. Yeah. And and all these relievers will still be under contract in 2023. Right, exactly. Adley is any day I want, I can bring Adley up. Yep. So so I'm not worried about him making – he might never go to Norfolk, and I'd be fine. Yep. Um, So I think it is. I think it's evaluating these receivers. I think it's really – like you're saying, the these pitching. receivers, you've been doing too much uh, Kemi Cusick did I, film study. Did I say, did I say receivers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of you've been talking too much Rashad Bateman. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it is. It's evaluating these pitchers and especially trying to figure out why we're seeing Wells start and stuff is figuring out what will my rotation look like next year? Do I bring back Harvey? I know I've got means, but what else do I have? Oh, well, yeah, and, and, and can you and, count on means to stay healthy for a whole year? Like right. health, health will impact a lot of this stuff. Yeah, and is it – I really think this offseason you might see him go out and sign a veteran pitcher to a four- or five-year deal for a good veteran pitcher. Well, I think one of the game changers, and we can talk about this next, one of the things I was most happy about in Michael Eisen's trade deadline, and one of the game changers, I think, for Michael Eisen and his team has been the emergence – of Cedric Mullins as not just a good center fielder, but one of the best players in all the baseball. Yeah. And how many, we've been talking about, we've spent many weeks talking about Cedric Mullins for when's the other shoe going to drop. Oh, we've seen this before. He gets hot for a month. Now he's, Oh, he's hot for two months. He's hot for three months. Uh, He's proven that this is Cedric Mullins. And at the same time that Cedric Mullins is proven that he's Cedric Mullins. We're seeing a healthy Trey Mancini get back to full speed. Yeah. And that's, that's gotta be exciting for Michael Elias. Well, he, here was the quote from um, about trading means or Mullins, right? Cause this was the kind of the, yeah. the dark horse. You could right. get a big return. Yeah. Um, and Elias said, 
quote, you saw Jose Barrios traded today by the Twins, right? That was in context of a guy under contract, I think for a couple of years and kind of an elite pitcher. He said, trades like this happen, but we're very, very impressed by by those guys being Means and Mullins, mm-hmm. by what those guys are doing. And they're here for a long time, and they play positions that are not easy to find guys who do what they do. It is not a priority for us to look at those opportunities. So he said, end of quote, so he said flat out, it's not a priority for us to look to trade Means or Mullins, and that makes me happy, right? Because that's saying yeah. the rebuild is not 10 years away. No, we need now. a center fielder. We need a pitcher. We have two really good. We have a really good center fielder and a really good pitcher. We're not looking to trade those guys, right? Yeah. So that yeah. we're not trying to win in ten years. We're not looking to, because we think those two guys are key positions and key players in this rebuild. We're yeah. good again. I, I agree. About um, man. So moving on to Mancini. All right. Um. Here's what he said about man- Mancini. Uh. I, quote, this is, uh, again, Elias talking about uh, Mancini. I think the future is very bright for Trey Mancini. He's been doing, he's been, he has been through something that I don't think any of us can imagine. And he's come out of it like the special person that he is. And he's back to baseball now. And he's going to keep getting better and building off this. And I can't wait to see him do that. I can't wait to see him do that with us. And I hope he's here as long as possible. And ultimately, and we're going to kind of take things as as we come, like baseball teams do in the major leagues. And we'll look at stuff and keep talking. But he's a very special part of this team. And he's going to continue to be so. And we're happy about that. Josh, um, does that sound like a guy who wants to make Trey Mancini a lifetime oral or not? Yeah, Trey Mancini's getting an extension offer this offseason. Yeah. It, It makes total sense. We we kind of went into the trade deadline as with Trey Mancini, you either trade him now or you extend him. And I think it's clear that they, that they've decided that Trey Mancini, we've talked about how he's getting better as he's getting more healthy, but I, but what that quote tells me is Trey Mancini is the type of guy that you want in your locker room, that you want that guy to be the face of your organization. You want him around all your young players. He's got the leadership and, and the attitude that you want there. So you're going to give him a long-term deal. I, if you're smart, right now you make Trey Mancini a 10-year deal. Um, and you sign him for life. Because okay. that, that is one of the dumbest things you've ever said on this podcast. Because um, As we still pay for Chris Davis. Be, but go ahead, Josh. Be, because he's yourself. not going to be any cheaper. As salaries go up, as stuff goes up, if you want to value this guy that much, you give him some money. You let him buy a house instead of rent a house, and you tell make it clear to him that that Camden Yards is his home. Okay. You I, and I was so with you, Josh. And I think the Orioles will approach him about extension, yeah. about a, maybe a three year extension. They're not going to pay him into their forties. That doesn't sound like a Mike Elias kind of move to pay a first baseman a ton of money. I so, think three years is too short. I think you go five. Okay, I could see a five-year extension. I, I think you go five or, well, or five total. So add right. four to the end of the he, end of the deal. Maybe yeah, something he, like that. He hasn't shown enough to deserve a ten-year deal, but I no. think a five-year deal uh, where you present it to him as, "Hey, you're going to be here for five years. We're going to get a World Series with you." Let's yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a five, a little bit long, but but it's possible. Um, but it seems like, I mean, that quote that. Trey's just getting better yeah. is interesting to say about a 29 year old guy. Um, but right. presumably having this year, it's been a crazy year for him having a normal off season next year. 
coming back, I think will be, I think will be better. Um, and, yeah, and, 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 and the, the only quote part of the quote that makes me chuckle is, um, I can't, I says, I can't wait to see him do that with us. And I hope he's here for as long as possible. As if like Michael is just hoping like it's in Michael Elias's control. If, Trimantini right. is there as long as possible. There's nothing well, to hope about. Like no, it's your decision. No, the hope is simple. The word hope means money. It means money. I hope he's cheap. I hope he's not going to want a bunch of money. Uh, and I would think, if, here's the deal. With the Orioles, I would go to him with a decent offer. I wouldn't overpay him. But on the business side, I would I would lowball him a little bit, not because he's bad, not because he deserves it, but I'd kind of lowball him and be like, send it to him with him knowing, hey, we stuck with you through the cancer. Okay, that's, we, we that's, supported you. I know, I know, you're I know, a jerk, Josh. I, I yeah, know. And at that point, Trey Mancini would would say, okay, I'm ready to declare my free agency and and, and go play for another team. Is no, that you what you want, Josh? No, 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 no. You don't say that part out loud. I'm just saying on the business side, what you kind of lean on is like, he's not going to want to leave. We can, we don't need to overpay him. Now it's a gamble and he might come back and ask for more money. And I don't know who his agent is. Hopefully it's not Boris, but uh, I'm just saying that you don't overpay for him and you can lock him in for five years. Yeah. I don't think you have to underpay. I think there's a fair market value for him that you can, you can find and you both can agree. And this seems like so easy because I mean, the Orioles stink and Trey Mancini doesn't want to be traded, right? Like he wants to stay in Oriole. This feels very much to me, like kind of like the Adam Jones situation, but in the Adam Jones situation, we said, we don't want you, Adam get lost. Right. Right. Um, It very feels, I know a lot of players say like, Oh, I want to stay with this team, but Trey Mancini really does. I feel like. And so I would be, I mean, I, I think you can get him for a decent offer. I would be shocked if, if, if they're unable to work something out. Um, if the Orioles want him, right? If the Orioles want him, they can have him. I'm sure for a reasonable contract. Yeah. Um, given his kind of the position he plays, given that he's you know going on 30, right. um, he, I don't think he's going to be you know a crazy you know hundred plus million dollar contract. I think he can be a reasonable contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that's that was encouraging um, because we're doing the M and M's game now. Even Jelly the beans. off season, Jelly Beans. The jelly bean game. Now, even the off season, I would say it's about one percent that he gets traded. Like I, I, I'd be very yeah. surprised at this point if he's traded at any point. Um, I would say it's much more likely that he signs an extension at this point. Oh, I agree. And so, um, um, who is the guy? Jason Lacampaca does yeah. and uh, does a radio show with someone else. Do you ever listen to their show in the afternoon? Yeah, with Ken Weinman. Is with Ken Weinman. Ken Wyman, and they said no, about a month I, I don't ago. I not anyone on that channel. I just listened to them one time, and they said about a month ago, like, just prepare yourselves because it's a 100% done deal that Trey Mancini is going to be traded. Oh, well, um, And point, it just makes me laugh how wrong they were. It, but isn't everything JL, JLC predicts is wrong? No matter what he says, it's wrong. I thought that was Bob Nightingale. Oh, yeah, that too. But locally, it's JLC. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. This team... Can we talk? Do you have some more guys about the trade deadline that you want to talk about? Well, I have, I have quotes about Michael Elias talking about the future for the Orioles and quotes about Adley Rutschman. All right. Well, can I? I got a guy who's part of this future. 
is have you looked at Ryan? Well, I know we all watch Ryan Mountcastle, and we all know he's doing well. Have you looked up his stats on how he's been doing since the All Star break? Yeah, I mean he had a great month of July, right? Even prior to well, All Star break, June he was Rookie of the Year or whatever, Rookie of the Month. Oh, that's right for the for the month of June. Yeah, June was a super hot month. Yeah, yeah. The last seven games, he's batting four eighty one with three home runs, hmm. and that's nothing. That's twenty seven at bats. Yeah. So it's decent games. The last fifteen games, he's batting three twenty seven, and the last month, he's batting two fifty five. Yeah. I. I don't I don't hear his name at all in any rookie of the year talk. Um but I mean he's a 263 for the season and he I'm excited because it seems like he's a guy that just keeps getting better. Yeah, you wonder if he didn't have such a bad April and May kind of what those numbers could right. look like overall. And I regret that we didn't talk about him when we were talking about Dan Duquette's moves. Because do you know how we drafted Ryan Mountcastle? What, he was he was from the Nelson Cruz compens- yeah. Compens- yeah. Uh, whatever it is compensation yeah. so we, right so we all like to bring up and trash that we didn't extend Nelson Cruz and we signed Mark Trumbo instead and we got yeah which whatever for then right now it's working out though because we got Ryan Mountcastle on this team yeah yeah I, I agree he's a good player um, I think he, his like when you talk about work of the year I mean he's the guy gets hurt by war right that's that war right. hurts him. Yep. Because he plays first base below in DH. Average, right. right. And, and he doesn't he's play. The outfield, and then, he's below average. Yeah, and we play the outfield. And so he has, like, they break it down that he has a negative kind of number for defensive war, which right. really hurts his overall but what, war but number. But what's his positive war? Like six? What, his overall war? Or his uh, offensive war? Offensive war. It is 3.6. 3.6. All right. I was close. But I don't know how that offensive war looks. I don't know how this works. I'm an idiot. I don't know how this works, right? Because it says, like, he has 3.6 offensive war. Right. We're just looking at fan crafts. Ramon Arias has 5.0. Trey Mancini <laughs> how does that work? Has, well, just wait for this, Josh. Trey Mancini has 7.9, which, all right, whatever. And then all you right. get a Cedric Mullins. His offensive war is listed at 30.9. Like, what is that, 30? <laughs> I don't know, but it's pretty good. And, then and, he I, has, and they have him as a negative defensive war as to make his overall 4.4. I don't understand all that stats. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. But, but I remember, like, Manny Machado would put up negative defensive war numbers. I was like, that can't be true. I watch his cat play every day. There's, right. no, there's no way he's a below average defender. So I don't right. buy some exactly. of these defensive well, war yeah, numbers. They go over range or whatever. I don't Yeah. Who but, uh, no, you're, I mean, Ryan Mackhouse could lead the team in home runs, right? He has 18. Yeah. Trey Mancini leads the team with 19. Like, he could very um, – he could lead the team in home runs, um, which is not nothing. And people complain about his strikeouts, but I think – just well, watch the Castle kid. Mountcastle got one tonight, right? Yeah. Is that number 18 or number 19? That was 18. Okay. But just watch – I know people complain about his strikeout numbers. He does. He strikes out 27% of the time, which is yeah. high. He only walks right. 5% of the time with his low. Yeah, but, but like, we all enjoyed Chris Davis. Yeah, but watch his at-bats, and he's just gotten so much better the past, you know, since June. Um, he's just got so much better with identifying balls and strikes and swinging at good pitches. He's just gotten a lot better at it. Right. And so I think that, I mean, he's only 24. Uh, he's still yeah. rookie status, as you mentioned. So I yeah. think he's just going to get better at identifying balls and strikes. And, um, yeah, and so I think the correct. sky's the limit for him. And that was and that was home run number 19 for him tonight. Oh, it was 19. All right. Yeah. So this fan so graph is not the tied, and Mullins has 18. Yeah, Mullins is slacking. 
So, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but no, it's uh, he's an exciting part of this future, and guys like that excite me. So, um, all right, here's a quote by Michael Eisen about the future. Yeah, let's get to it. Um, he said, "Quote: The organization is in a much better shape." And and Josh, as I read this quote, tell me, I don't know whether to be optimistic or pessimistic about this quote. I can't decide. But anyway, here's the quote: um, The organization yeah. is in a much better is in much better shape, but Sounds I continue good. to be daunted by what I see in our division and what I see around the league. You see, there are super teams on both sides of the league right now, the American League and the National League, with some very loaded rosters. So we have a very long way to go. We have a lot of work to do. Uh, so we've got collective bargaining in February. Can reevaluating the divisions be part of the collective bargaining? Um, yeah. It's what we've talked about. The AL East is the hardest division in baseball. And the way with this unbalanced schedule where we have to pay the AL East 60, no, what is it, uh, 20 games, right? Isn't it 20 games per opponent? So 80 of our games are 80, against yeah. AL East. Yeah, so half, half of our games, that's unbelievable. And that makes it really hard to do a rebuild where we might be close enough that if we were in the NL Central or the, even the NL East, that you'd say, hey, let's bring up Adley next year and let's make a push for this because we can get a wild card slot. Um, but when you're in the AL East, it's really, really hard. And I don't know how baseball can fix that and how you balance that out um, without making it harder. I don't know what you do. What do you do when you've got to deal with the Yankees and the Red Sox every year? Yeah, and, 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 and real quick, Michael has talked about that a little bit. Here's his quote, continuing talking about the future. He said, quote, it's, I talk about the Orioles being a playoff team. He said, quote, yeah. it's hard for me to forecast. I just know the direction that we want to continue to push in. I know there's talent on the way. And I think the deficit between the Orioles and the AL East that we've seen the last few years is closing. And that's important. And we're going to get right. more competitive very soon in this division. I know that. Right. And I, you know what? And I say, oh, well, the AL East is really tough. Um, and it is, but really Toronto and New York all season, they've flirted with 500 ball and that's what the Orioles should be doing next year. I would hope, uh, the Red Sox, they seem to be up for a year, down a year, up a year, down a year because they just buy it. And I, Tampa Bay, it's just, it's amazing to me that Boston, New York are both in the same division as Tampa Bay, where Tampa Bay is always in it with the AL East at a completely different approach than the Yankees and the Red Sox. The Yankees and the Red Sox make sense. That's like the Dodgers and Padres. They're both just throwing money at the wall, and they're going to fight to win this division. It amazes me how the Rays are able to compete in this division, and that that should give me hope for the Orioles. Yeah, but it's also what makes this division so tough, right? Because you say, okay, you're yes. balanced. You have two big teams, but then you have kind of a, uh, the Toronto, which is a step below the Yankees in Boston. And then you have the Rays, which is one of the, you know, they spend one of the, one of the least amount of uh, money in all of baseball. But the fact is, they're still, I mean, they're, they're in first place in the LEs right now, the Tampa Bay Rays. Right, right. Um, and so that kind of messes up that, that formula. Um, but, yeah, and, and, I mean, Toronto has a great farm system, and they're really young. Yep. The Yankees are older and they're paying a ton of guys right now, but right. you know, when those guys get too old to just pay more money more. to get new guys, like that's right. how they work. Um, and you're right. Boston is, 
Um, I mean, Boston had one of the top picks in this past year's draft, right? Like last year, they yeah, they're such an up and down team. Yeah, and this year they weren't expected to be as good as they are, and I'm curious to see how they finish this year. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they missed the playoffs. They've now lost five games in a row. Um, so yeah, I think Boston is maybe a little bit overrated. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, certainly it's not an easy task. It's no, not an easy task. And so that's why I go back to this idea that Michael Elias is in the wait and see mode, right? Because he knows like, it's not okay just to have like a decent team. You need to have a real, you need to have a great team to, to compete yeah. in the AL East and or even whenever. a playoff spot. Cause you're right. Cause you play this team 80 times. So it's not just doesn't hurt your division. Or hit your wildcard chances because you play these teams so much. Right, right. And I right. And he knows that whenever he's gonna put that pedal down, they gotta go all out for it. It's 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 not a it's not a slow build build up. It's the let's go. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I agree. Um all right, so real quick to end kind of the Michael Elias quotes, here's his quote on Adley Rutschman. Um, it said, quote, I think it's become inter- increasingly a conversation of when and what to do with him next. He's certainly had a very successful season thus far in double A on both sides of the ball. It's been great to see. He's not a fully finished product or polished player. All these kids missed a whole year last year. His control of the strike zone has been outstanding, but he's doing a lot of work with Ryan Fuller, our hitting coach, and Jeff Kunkel, our, or our catching coach there. And just every day getting better and perfecting things about his swing and his consistency with his mechanics and his approach. He's working with the pitching staff there, and they've got a really good thing going on. We do not feel he's wasting time or not getting anything out of Bowie, despite success he's had thus far. And we're also mindful of the fact that the AAA season is going to be a long one this year. There's a lot of time left on the season. It goes into October uh, with the way that's currently scheduled and structured because of the pandemic. So when it becomes the correct thing with his development, We'll make that move. It's certainly something that we're talking about organizationally and something we want to get right. Um, so, Josh, right there, you mentioned the idea that AAA extends to October. So it seems like, yeah, if for no other reason, that. he'll be he'll be moved just to play more games. Right. And I saw that when I was looking at the tight schedule last week, and I thought that was weird. And I wasn't sure, like, why it was that way. So I guess they're blaming on the pandemic. Um yeah, well, a late it, start to the season, I think. Right. That's why. Right. So, I don't know. Okay, that's great. Bring them up in uh, September. Um, I imagine you're going to bring some of these Norfolk guys up to the Orioles in September when you can get, like, a few extra spots. Yep. So, um, yeah. But I, just I think wanted... uh, another thing from that quote that is just serves as a reminder, we talk about the importance of staying with the pitchers you know, Rodriguez or Hall or whatever. But I think also, like, if you have a good relationship with the hitting coach within Fuller and the catching coach, like, if that's really working for you, that's, I think, another reason to stay down in Bowie if you feel like you're really responding well to that hitting coach. Um, and Bob Fallon had an interview from On the Verge with with Fuller, the hitting coach, and seems like a really knowledgeable, smart guy. And so maybe that's another reason you're waiting on Mountcastle because that hitting coach relationship is really being productive at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Perhaps. I, again, I. That's what I said before about pitching and keep. I think it being productive with the pitchers, so it makes sense. I just wanted to see him come to Jacksonville so I could see him. So I was selfishly wanting him up Norfolk this week. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, at some point, it certainly will make it to AAA. Um, and then next year, I can't wait to talk about every week. When will they call up Ryan Mountcastle? I mean, when will they call up Adley Rutschman? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the story because Jemai Jones will be with the Orioles next year, so everyone will be talking about Adley. And I would end, it makes sense that at some point next year, 
at least in Baltimore. The question is going to be, and what we're going to discuss all off season in between uh, Lamar Jackson and the, and the Ravens is we're going to be talking about uh, Adley obviously gets the spring invite, but does he get the opening day invite? Yep. Cause I think you like, you wait a month and you can avoid, or you can get another year of, of, of right. um, eligibility, but, but, but that's that, all up in the air a little bit because I, they have the whole collective bargaining oh, this off season. As and well. I think that's a huge question mark. And makes me like concerned if we'll even have baseball next year. Yep. Like I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't read into it too much in a while. But every time we go to a collective bargain, and I know how this goes, you don't you push it till you get what you want, or you go on strike. And I don't want to strike. And I, but uh, but I, and we've seen recently uh, with the pandemic and stuff that uh, ownership and players. I mean, don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Right. Exactly. And that's what, uh, that when did, I guess it expires this year. Do they, yeah. do they I imagine they're going to start negotiations as soon as the season's over. Oh, I absolutely. Don't know. Yeah. And yeah. And yeah. And so that's, um, cause rookie status is a big, is going to be a big thing. It's a big topic of discussion. Right. Right. And yep. I mean, and I know, yeah, they're getting the easy things out of the way, kind of discussing now where they're like going to go back to nine in and double headers, which I think is good and better for baseball and stuff like that. Yeah. They'll but, wrestle with the DH rule and they'll wrestle with some playoff team numbers. And, yeah. Hey, have you ever, you've never gone down and seen the Southern Maryland blue crabs play. Have you? No, I never have. Team? You no. know that they are the first team to test out on behalf of major league baseball the further mound, back in the mound up a foot or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, they just moved their mound because their season starts in a couple of weeks, and they are testing it out for Major League Baseball. Oh, all right. So I don't know, I don't know what that all means, and I think I don't know. I don't think we'll ever see that in Major League Baseball, but it's interesting. Yeah. Hey, are we doing video? If I'm moving my uh, computer around here. <laughs> Yeah, we're video. We're on Facebook Live. Oh, nice. Um, it's all good. Just don't take it to the toilet. I'm just um, moving it to a charger. All right. The, the current collective bargaining agreement expires on December 1st. So, uh, yeah, that's, so that's I mean, this offseason. Yeah, that's this offseason. <laughs> so that's, that's scary to me. And especially when pitchers are upset and, and the players' union about this whole substance ban that kind of came out of nowhere. I mean... It's, 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 I don't think that the ownership and union have a good relationship, like you were saying. Yeah, I agree. But I, you know what? I can't even worry or sweat about it. I mean, if it comes to that, we'll make a little poster and we'll stand outside and you can, you do your field of dreams, cross it out and write greed on there or whatever. Yeah, no, we'll do that. But, but, but I'm that? just, I'm just focused on uh, right now and the Orioles being competitive again. I know, but that's, but, but it actually not playing baseball next year messes that up. Yeah, I know, and we already got it messed up with the pandemic, so we can't yes. we can't afford another lost year. Correct, correct. Because yeah. oh, we're uh, we're we're on the uh, we're starting to be on the upswing here, Josh. I feel on good the, about uh, it. On the up and up. Yeah, I was I was hanging out. I was in, on the come up. On the come up, I was on um I was in Lynchburg this past week for a few days, and I was hanging out with um, my friends, two really big Cub fans, and I was hanging out with them during the trade deadline. When you know Rizzo was traded and Baez was traded and pretty much half their team was traded, and they were very 
distraught about this, right? Because all their favorite players, I mean, it was like us when Manny Machado was traded, right? And then I was listening to Tony yep. Cor- Cor- Kornheiser, um, my favorite podcast, and he had Michael Wilbon talking about the Cubs and also talking about Tony Kornheiser talking about the Nationals, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah and having all those players be traded. That they traded Turner. Yeah. Um, you trade Turner, who's still had another year left on the contract. You trade Scherzer, which, by the way, you never do those package deals. Um, that's what I learned from playing MLB The Show and doing trades. If you do a package deal, you always get a worse player back than doing two <laughs> separate deals. Just FYI. Okay. All right. I'll remember that when I get a PlayStation. But, and like, uh, Michael Wilbon was talking about how, oh, yeah, good one. Michael Wilbon was talking about how his brother, like, said he's no longer a Cubs fan or whatever. Um, uh, and clearly he'll be okay and he'll be a Cubs fan again. Right. But, but they're at the bottom, right? And I think the Nats and Cubs will recover more quickly than the Orioles because they'll spend more money. But still, like, they're at the bottom where they're doing what the Orioles did three yep. years ago, trading away every talented player on the team. And right. so it makes me feel a little uh, better about the Orioles that we're not at the beginning anymore like the Cubs and Nationals are right now. Well, and I think as Oriole fans, we spend so much time focused on the Yankees and the Red Sox that we don't pay attention that other teams have to go through the same crap that we're going through. There's other mid-market teams that have to do a full rebuild just like we're doing. Yeah, and I mean, the Cubs are had, I think, one of the, one of the higher payrolls in all the baseball. Um, so even even mid- to upper-market teams have to do this sometimes, too. Um, so I think that's, yeah, I think that's, that, that's encouraging. But that was in, the trade deadline was insane. I mean, it seems like all teams are buying into this idea that if we can't win now, trade away as many players as you can trade. So it was just a crazy yeah. tra- trade deadline. Yeah, I agree. And I, I still wonder how much the CBA stuff plays into that and concerns about the future. Yeah. And like there's a, and you wonder how much like with with the Nationals they seem to always have money but like how much did the pandemic and ticket oh, sales and all I that see stuff. What you're, saying. you're saying, "Oh, they're not getting the massive money." Hurt the owner. They got to get rid of this. Yeah. Well, I've always wondered why we have 70% of Masson but they can spend 70% more than we can on on free agents. I always wonder I why. They can sign um Scherzer, and, and they can sign all these guys, and we can't sign anybody. Yeah, well, uh, I, I mean, that was the story. Is well, <laughs> stupid internet. I search, I search, uh, or Masson lawsuit to try to get an update for the Masson lawsuit, yeah. and I see about how in last October the Nats won the hundred million dollar ruling, and then I saw an article from March with an update, so I click on that to read. And it says, the Orioles are cutting all costs to go on the market and sell. And I'm like, oh, well, that's fake news. Hmm. That's not real. Yeah, I'm so tired of the internet and the Orioles in Nashville. Can I talk about a couple more Orioles things? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what we do here. This Is is this an Orioles podcast? Am I in the right room? Yeah. Um, yeah. You, know, you so- don't want to – I thought you wanted to talk about Lamar Jackson and his uh, – and his – uh, decisions on what to post on Instagram. Mm, mm, maybe Lamar Jackson and Keegan Aiken can get together over a maskless coffee or something. Uh, uh, Keegan Aiken post some stuff too. I don't remember that. No, but I think he's he's had COVID before, and he refuses to answer if he's got vaccinated or not. So people oh, put gotcha. two and two together. Gotcha. Um, um, okay, I know what you want to talk about. 
I was going to talk about a coconut. About, oh, yeah. the cat. You want to talk about the cat, right? No, I, I mentioned the cat earlier, but the cat was. The this was. Or you know what it was? It was. It showed that the that the Yankees grounds crew is a bunch of strawberries. Yeah, they are strawberries. I don't know what happened there. Um, <laughs> I felt like, yeah, it was just weird. Yeah, like, but real, well, here, here you go, Josh. And then um, I, I had a cat. Um, I yeah. used to. And here, you know, a scared animal. Here's rule rule number one: you're not going to chase a cat and catch him. Like that's not happening. Right. Um. Th- th- um. This reminds me, I one time when I was in Tanzania, we had this huge rat in our house. Not, it was not a mouse. It was a huge rat. Um, like, I didn't even know if I could kill this thing with my shoe like right. I used to do with the mice. Well, yeah, you're in Tanzania. That's a little different. This, but, but here's yeah. what we did, Josh, and this is what they should have done. We set up our boxes, right, to right. make kind of a – we knew where the, where the rat was, and we set up boxes leading out the door. And we chased him. We tried to kill him. But we did it. But we at least chased him out the door. What you got to do with the cat is you can't jump on him and grab him. He's too quick for you fools. You got to chase him to an exit. And eventually he found his own exit. But you should have opened every door possible and chased him towards the door. And he would have ran out himself. That's what you should have done. Yeah, of course. Uh, Well, yeah, or open up. I don't even know. The bullpen was right there. Open up that bullpen door. Or... I don't know. Try to you can grab the cat when you got six guys surrounding the cat. You can't. You still you, can't do it. You can't do it, Josh. The cat is fast. They didn't you. even try to grab the cat. Yeah, you can't um, be done. But I yeah, it was not a good effort. Yeah, the other someone's... thing you should do, Josh, is if someone, one of the police officers, had a gun. I mean, you <laughs> have to. Cat. Well, you have yeah. to continue playing the game, Josh. You, you got to get the. You got to. I mean, this is, people came to see a baseball <sighs> game, not to see the cat run, run around. <laughs> So while Kevin Brown's right, talking right. about someone nice needs to, to adopt you. this cat, I'm saying someone needs to put this cat down for interfering with a baseball yeah. game. Shooting the cat would have made me laugh. Maybe a stun gun. Be nice. Yeah. Just stun yeah. him a little bit. We're we're upsetting a lot of listeners or, here. Or a net. Do they have like those gun those net guns? Yeah. You get one of them. Uh, you know, speaking of what and wild animals, an alligator was spotted in my neighborhood today. Oh really? I got, a, I got a lake in my backyard and they spotted an alligator swimming around. I don't mess with those alligators. So I bet I could catch it better than the ground screw caught that cat. No, but I, I didn't want to mention, oh, yeah, maybe you send the alligator out there to get the cat. That, that should be another idea. Yep. Um, but I mentioned, I wanted to mention Dustin Knight. That's where I was going with it, not the cat. Dustin Knight. Here's this 30-year-old reliever who has given the, been given the Jemai Jones treatment where he was dominating AAA but was not getting caught up. Finally gotten caught up, and he's a coconut. Josh, do you know what Dustin Knight does after every time he saves a game? Um, shoots an arrow to the sky. No, he's not Fernando Rodney. What he does? <laughs> oh, is, he, oh, is this the backflip guy? He does a backflip. All right, all right. <laughs> he gets the last out, and then he does a backflip right, right, right there on the field right. by, by the he, pitcher's mound. Okay, he got the call up, but he doesn't. Is he on? Did they? He's isn't he just like sitting in the hotel room in case they need him? Oh no, no, he's he's on the team. Okay, but so he, he hasn't pitched yet. No, he and we're. I mean, we're in a tight game here. And he he could I mean we're down one but yeah. if if, oh. if Doris come back to the lead he could close and we could we get a flip yeah your yeah your TV's behind you you just you just missed how we how the Yankees scored yeah they hit a ball up the middle it bounced off the pitcher the second baseman went to go grab it it bounced off of second base and then changed directions again second baseman dives off his glove into the outfield oh man and that's, that's how they scored a run it's so frustrating because the Yankees right run. now sit at a 50% chance to make the playoffs. 
So it makes me so happy every time we can beat them because they're supposed to beat us by 100 runs. And if we can beat them and hurt their playoff chances, like I am, Josh, I'm watching these standings closer that, that, than, than I should be. And yep. I'm rooting for every wild card team not named the Yankees or the Red Sox. I want to live in a world, Josh, where the playoffs happen and the Yankees or the Red Sox don't make the wild card. I, I would love <laughs> yeah, a world awesome. in where the AL East gets no wild cards. That's what I'm rooting for. No, I agree. Put the Rays in there and no one else. That sounds good. Yeah. And so, and so I'm watching, I'm watching the, I'm rooting hard for like the Indians and the athletics and the Mariners. I'm rooting hard for those teams. I'll even take Toronto over the Boston. That that would be, that would be an AL East team. I know, but I'd take them over the Yankees or the Red Sox. Toronto. What's, what's Toronto's problem? They're pitching. Yeah, I think they're pitching. I think they're, they're just weird. I was looking at their stats, or I was looking at just the overall standings. And and MLB a few years ago, it was when the Orioles. It's probably eight years, ten years, where they added the run differential stat because we never had that as kids. And I remember when the Orioles were good, that people would always say, "Oh, they're not that good. Look at their run differential," because the run differential was low. The run differential stat. I cannot figure out what that tells me for a team because the Toronto Blue Jays are plus 109, yeah. but they're in fourth place. Yeah. While the Yankees are plus six and they're in uh, third place. Well, I, I think if you looked at it, haven't we scored more runs me. than the Yankees? I don't know about that. Maybe. Does the show run scored on there? I don't know. I not, heard somewhere that we scored more runs than the Yankees. But, but yeah, I mean, just, it's such a weird stat where it's like run differential doesn't mean anything in baseball. And yet Major League Baseball now puts it on their app right next to Waco's wins, loss, winning percentage, games back, last 10, streak, run differential. There's so much information that would tell me more about a baseball team than the run differential. I don't get that on my app. If you go to standings. Yeah. You go to, I get- you go to the MLB app, and you go yeah, to standings. I'm looking at it right now. I got a win, loss, percentage, games back, last 10, and streak, and that's all I got. <laughs> you don't get the run differential column? No. Do you have, like, a tiny iPhone or something? It's a normal size. That's all I got. That's right. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know why I, we have two different. Yeah. Maybe I need to update my app. I don't know. I don't know, but I just I don't understand why Major League Baseball puts run differential as such a big stat because it doesn't tell you anything about the team. Yeah, like I mean, total t- runs would have told me more than run differential. Yeah, I mean, it should give you an idea of how good the team is, right? Then the Yankees, even though they have a better record than the Blue Jays, I don't think have been better than them all season. I mean, I don't. It doesn't. But see, it doesn't even tell you how good the team is. You go to the NL East. The Mets are in first place with a minus 11. Yeah. The Phillies are in second place with a minus 17. The Braves are in third place with a plus 54. Yeah. Uh, Nats minus 30. And then Marlins are at the bottom with a plus two. It doesn't yeah. tell you anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting stat, I guess, to see. I mean, I mean, if but you look at... It doesn't tell you if your pitching's bad. It doesn't tell you if your hit if your bat's good. It just tells you that oh, you blow some teams out. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. If, if you win more close right, games, like the Yankees clearly win a lot of close games, right? Right, right. Where the Blue Jays, uh, the games I guess tend to be less close. 
I guess, but it's just it seems a worthless stat overall. Yeah. All right, fine. You don't like run differential. No. Duly noted. So, you got some more stuff in there that you want to talk baseball since we're a baseball podcast. Um, I can talk about my trip to Hershey, but that's not baseball related. Oh, but um, I'm still interested in hearing about Hershey. <laughs> Hershey, I don't know. This is one of, I mean. Um, because you kind of, I got to say, you set your kids up for disappointment and going to Hershey. Really? Be, yeah, because you showed them Charlie and the Chocolate Factory ahead yeah. of time. I know. So but now I, they're all going and thinking that Willy Wonka creates chocolate in this magical place with a river and with all this magic stuff. And there's going to be some girl who who turns into a blueberry. You set them up for, like, this amazing place. I told them repeatedly that the Oompa Loompas were not real. There's no Oompa Loompas. Uh, I'm telling you, we've talked on this podcast before when Bert was around about how uh, TV commercials for when we were kids – always disappointed because they lied in their commercials about what the toys did. That's basically what you did to your kids at a chocolate factory. Okay. I would argue, even now I'm a grown man, and my wife and I disagree on this strongly, I still think Chocolate World is, to me, one of the most magical places in, in, in the world. All right. Emily just thinks it's just this money-making thing. Uh, I yeah. think it's, it's magical. Right. And I haven't been to Chocolate World since I was a kid. Okay. So tell me how it's better than just going – to me, what I remember of Chocolate World is basically calling Krispy Kreme Donut World, and you can watch them make the donut. Okay, that is – there's an actual ride. Okay, there's no ride in Krispy Kreme. You get in a car, and you go around to see how it's made, and then you go into this most amazing store. They have chocolate bars, Josh, the size of your bed that you can buy for the right price. They have a, a Hershey Kiss that weighs a pound that, again, you could buy for the right price. They have Kit Kat bars. Uh, the size of a human body, a small human body. Okay. Um, you can buy all that if you go to, like, a store. My favorite thing for my kids was you get a bucket and they have, you know, these Hershey Kisses that go up to the ceiling. And you twist it and you fill up your bucket with different kinds of candy. They love okay. that. I did see on the commercial that they have the uh, make-your-own-one-pound Reese's peanut butter cup. Yeah, that was an extra cost. We didn't do that. That, that thing looked cool. Yeah, you had to buy a ticket and do that. I wasn't paying for that. But what we did do is a trolley ride, um, which was fine. That was the only thing we paid for is a trolley ride. <laughs> did the kids like it? Yeah, but it was like there was like this whole like song and dance routine by the people in the front. But my kids have no idea what's going on because they're four and two. They just looked at the window and it was just like a car ride for them. So they were happy with the car ride. Okay. Yeah, so. But I, I think it's wonderful. I just love that place. I think it's just hilarious. Just a, a whole store, chocolate everywhere, kisses on the lights. I just think it's it, – I just love that place. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, I guess the Orioles are losing tonight. But that's all right. 6-3 as, as we're recording. Oh, my. It's still 4-3 on my TV. I'm a little uh, slow. Actually, sorry. It's 7-3 now on my TV. <laughs> Oh, another ball dropped in front of DJ Stewart. Josh, don't go on Twitter. DJ Stewart is going to be killed on Twitter today. Every other tweet will be about DJ Stewart. My favorite Twitter bit now on Orioles Twitter is every time that um, every time that uh, Pedro Severino drops a ball. I'm so that's sick my, of this. That's my favorite now. I'm not one to be one of these guys, Josh. No, but that, I'm, was a, that was a really hard ball for DJ Stewart to catch. Would Ryan McKenna have caught it? Perhaps that's the I don't bar. Know. Stewart's pretty fast. Uh, McKenna would have caught it. No, but I'm I'm kind of sick of of the negativity. I'm I'm sorry to be this guy, but 
but I'm sick of the, the, the negativity. I go on. There's a poll. Who will be the next one to be DFA'd by the Orioles? Every tweet about – there, there's no tweets about how good Sergio Mullins is. All the tweets are about how much Valeka sucks or about how Keegan Aiken should be cut or about how DJ Stewart. I mean, the ratio of negative tweets to positive tweets is like 95% to 5%. If, and that's being generous, I think, to the positive tweeters. I mean, yep. it's just – it's become – and I know, like, we gripe on Twitter, and that's part of what we do – but even when DJ Stewart missed the ball earlier this game, I I, I wrote a tweet bashing Judge for not running it out because that's what I do. I bash the other team. I'm right. just sick of the negativity on Twitter, but maybe it's just me. I just opened up Twitter and top tweet that I see. They're crushing first, DJ Stewart, aren't they? First tweet I see. If this means DJ Stewart is gone, I'm good with the loss. Yeah. See? That's what I'm talking about. That's everywhere. Um, there's This is – you should use your Twitter to bash the Yankees. Not not to bash Valeka and yeah. and just and who cares about Pat yeah. Valeka anyway? Why right. is so why are so many people tweeting about Pat Valeka? Even yeah. DJ Stewart, he won't be here next year probably. Stop wasting all your energy Twitter. on DJ Stewart. You are correct. My Twitter is all what's DJ Stewart doing? Get DJ Stewart off this team. You can't play DJ Stewart in the outfield. What's going on with DJ Stewart? WTF DJ Stewart. Yep, and and in a few days from now, when Keegan Aiken starts, it'll be all the same things with Keegan Aiken. I mean, just and and when Pat Valeka plays again, it'll be all those things with Pat right. Valeka. Just we, forget about a guy. forget about DJ Stewart. Focus on the fact that our relievers are walking guys and giving up a bunch of runs. And a game that was close, we've had three relievers now blow in this inning. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Bleacher Birds is getting on. They hate DJ Stewart as well. Yeah, I mean it's not. I mean it's not. That's a popular place to be in right now. So, all right, whatever. Hate on DJ Stewart. Fine. He should have caught that ball. Fine. Um, probably shouldn't have been starting to catch the ball, but whatever. Right. Fine. But I do like Ryan McKenna, so I'll always vote for my, my, Ryan McKenna to get after. Yeah, yeah, we're Ryan McKenna fans here. Yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna. Maybe that should be our new our new uh, show shirts. Ryan McKenna fans. Yeah, because I don't know how much a fan Hyde is. I don't know either. Yeah. All right, ready to get out of here? Yeah, yeah, no need for any uh, ball four or anything. We'll do that. We'll catch up on that next week. Yeah, Hershey was my kind of mini ball four. Yeah, and I and I jumped at the beginning with no PlayStation. Yeah. And as of and, now, still no PlayStation. But it's coming tonight. But it's coming tonight. It's oh, yeah, tonight. it's coming tonight. Coming tonight. Coming tonight. All right. Uh, and we'll find out on Monday if it came. Yeah, it's not coming. It's coming my tonight. Prediction. My prediction. <laughs> Oh, is that a bold prediction? Because you got a text saying it will be coming, so that would be bold if you said it won't be coming. Time now for bold predictions. No. Uh, What's the better chance, Josh, your PlayStations come tonight or the Orioles come back and win this game? I would What's say more likely? Ooh, the, I'd say there's a better chance that the Orioles' bats get hot and win this game. <laughs> That's how much confidence I have in this guy. Yeah. All right. All right, you guys can uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, all those social media spots. You can support us. You go to section336.com, click support. Uh, you can follow us on oh, and write us an iTunes review. We appreciate those five-star iTunes reviews. Yep. And you could, right, Josh? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. Just make sure we, we still want those no, things. No, give us the reviews. You want to put a, uh, uh, let's, give a let's give a phrase that pays. A phrase that a, pays. A phrase that pays. What's the uh, what's uh, what's something we did? What's a word we used a bunch today? 
that we can that people can sneak into the their reviews so we know they're listening. Uh, uh, we talked about the cat. Any, I mean, any connection with the cat? We shared some Elias quotes. No, cat's too easy. Um, okay. We talked about cash considerations. All right, yeah, cash. Let's go with cash considerations. All right. See if you can fit cash considerations into your uh, review over on Apple Podcasts. All right. Or just or share it on Twitter, tag us, and mention cash considerations as well. Or Facebook or any of that. Help spread the word. We're having fun doing this. We're excited that all you guys are listening, but let's bring in some more listeners and so we can expand and have some fun. More fun. Can I, can I just, and all that's true, Josh, can I just, before we get out of here and share our Twitter handles, can I just to promote my Twitter handle, say one tweet I tweeted out this past week, which was hilarious, and Scoot I only got four likes, it. and it was the most outrageous tweet, and it was the most outrageous response to a tweet I've ever heard in my life. This is, should have gotten 25 likes at least, because it was a great tweet, and I'm mad I only got four likes, but if you follow me at Section 336, you'll get more content like this. When it was, it was Rakubaka was quoting all the good things he was saying about, um, Elias was saying about Trey Mancini being part of the future. Yep. And I quote tweeted saying, Trey Mancini is to Mike Elias what Cindy Lou Who is t- to the Grinch, right? Just like how Cindy Lou turned, caused the Grinch's heart to grow, Mike Elias, you know, has been the number cruncher. Trey Mancini is causing Mike Elias' heart to grow. I thought that was a great tweet. I don't know why I only got four likes. Because it's confusing. Because you had to just sit here and explain it. Where the first takeaway is Michael Elias is the Grinch. I think that you would. Yeah, I he's bet, the Grinch. But his heart grew because of Timothy. Right. Just like it grew because of Cindy Lou Who. How many likes did that get? Just four. I could make a quote right now about. I could type on Twitter right now. Another Orioles Grinch comparison. And get 100 likes. Uh, I'm sure you could. What, so. through a, a DJ Stewart? No, I was going to oh, go with Peter Angelos. Peter Angelos. Peter Angelos looks like the Grinch. Yeah. And I'll get more likes than that. That's fine. I just thought that was a really solid tweet. But maybe my Twitter followers aren't sophisticated enough to appreciate my my good tweets. It's all whatever. timing, too. It's all timing and what people are in the mood for. Like, if you tweet something now, it'll get lost in all the DJ trash. Yeah, it's true. Maybe I should tweet some crap about DJ Stewart just to get more likes. That's what I should probably <laughs> right. do. Exactly. Suck up to the fan base. Yeah. All right. Anyway, you can follow me for more of my uh, tweets. Where I don't bash the Orioles, but I just... Yeah, more Cindy Lou stuff. More Cindy Lou Grinch stuff at Section 236. And you follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Rooker. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. As always, go O's.
With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.